yeah, and I want to shout that out mostly because I own Trey Burton. So sympathy to all you other people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's a personal that's a personal one. All right, welcome in everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host Steve Bonham. You can find me on Twitter at nonsense underscore Steve. My co-host Neil Smith at nonsense underscore Neil. Both of us on the Fantasy Life app at Important Nonsense. I am addressing, of course, my co-host, Mr. Neil, Rule of Threes, Smith. Neil, how you doing? Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 it's been a, it's been an interesting week. It's been an interesting week for the for the uh, for those of you who don't play in the Gold League who might be listening, or to the this, new listeners the, uh, who didn't follow. The last new year. listeners who don't follow, yeah. Uh, I'm on an interesting streak in a league we all play in called the Golden League, which is actually something you can look up on our website, importantnonsense.com. And yes, I've follow along with the playoffs. Been a, yeah, I've been on a bit of a streak going to the playoffs, and I've been winning a title every three years somehow: nine, twelve, fifteen, and this year. I'm actually back in the championship game, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, as you could probably tell, we'll see. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, but that's all I'm that's all I've got right now because I won a game last week. And shout out to Superfan Brian because it was against him, and I don't know how to respond to his text messages because I haven't heard from him since this happened. I think we might have to do a wellness check. Brian lost in a playoff game by .7. With a five-point home field advantage because Greg Zerline doinked a 40-yard field goal on Sunday Night Football against the Bears. And the man, the myth, the legend, Prince of Okamara, sealed it for me. So I'm now in the championship game by a margin of .7. And I, I haven't heard from Brian. He was – I imagine he's just crushed. Yeah, he, he, he was talking to me all all week, and I, have, I haven't responded to him in a couple days. And I just – it's because I don't know how. I don't, I don't want to talk to him after this this has happened. So, shout out to Brian. I'm sure I'll see you again in week 16. Uh, well, actually, I'm not sure because you've got one. You've got a crazy triple threat game, and I'm not going to go into how to explain all that. But yeah, and he's dealing with injuries. That, It'll be interesting. We did, Steve. We did most brutal fantasy football losses. Do we have to send Brian a promo code? In the offseason. I mean, he had the he lead, win? and then the doinked field goal did him in. So He won. He was winning. He was winning. And no. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the entry. And if we do that contest again, <laughs> I think that's the entry. Just enter that for Brian. So shout out to superfan Brian. Heartbreaker. And I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this stat that I saw today, and I wanted to share it with you and everybody else, Neil. There are six tight ends that have accumulated 2,700 yards and 23 touchdowns by the end of their age 25 season in the history of the NFL. Of them, they are the Hall of Famers Mike Ditka, John Mackey, and Kellen Winslow, future Hall of Famers Rob Gronkowski and Tony Gonzalez, and Eric Ebron. Yeah! How is that a real stat? That's how we all had it. That's how we all had it. We knew it. it. We knew it was going to happen. So there you go. Future Hall of Famer. Eric Ebron. That. The football preview. Halfback. Passes to center. Back to wing. Back to center. Center holds it. Holds it. Holds it. No, not that football. Aw, the Denver Broncos. Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football. News. Good news, everyone. Read all about it. And stats. 
you need to win. You play to win the game. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Da, 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 da. Hey! Da, 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 da. Not a ton of news to get through, but we do have some to run through. Also want to do a quick PSA. Reminder that this is the time of the year the NFL likes to pounce on the college football season being done. So we have two Saturday night games, Texans and Jets in the afternoon, and then Browns, Broncos in Denver in primetime. Two weeks. This happens again next week. Correct. Every year. So uh, just a reminder that you will have people going on Saturday. When you get up Sunday morning, you're wondering, wait, why do I already have this many points? That's why. Be mindful yep. of it, people. Yes, yes. But we you start out with the mess of Thursday night football, and it's supposed to be a huge matchup. And it is. It's got a ton of playoff implications, AFC West implications, Chargers Chiefs, and it is the walking wounded out there right now. So we will start on the L.A. side of things. The Chargers have Melvin Gordon questionable to play tomorrow. It's going to come down to how he does in pregame warm-ups. Austin Eckler, we know for sure, dealing with a neck issue and a concussion. He is out. Justin Jackson's going to be the primary backup. He's going to play regardless of if Gordon does or not, but the latter will clearly give him a more significant chunk of time. I got to think he's going to slide into the Eckler role, being the change of pace guy no matter what. So he will have some sort of value in some sort of role, I guess, in the offense, whether Gordon does or does not play. It's also possible they use Gordon as a decoy or just strategically list him as active to mess with the Chiefs' game plan and then just rarely use him or don't use him at all, as I suggested to you off-air earlier. So obviously if they just rule Melvin Gordon out with his injury, it clears all of this up. You start Jackson, you set it and forget it, walk away. If Gordon does try to give it a go, though, how do you rank the Charger backfield? (sighs) I mean... To what you said before, you're really hoping that they're probably just going to rule Melvin Gordon out. But it's hard to get a beat on how close he actually is to full strength. You know what I mean? So if you're going to play Melvin Gordon, I think you're playing with fire. I think if Melvin Gordon plays, as we talked about off air a little bit in the pre-show meeting, you know, it kind of depends on what your other options are. If you've got, you know, a really solid, you know, second option, then you might want to stay away from the whole situation because what will scare you the most is it comes down to pregame warmups. They list him as active. He goes out. He plays three snaps, doesn't feel right, and is done for the day. Yeah, tweaks something and goes to the locker that's, room and is done. That's your that's your biggest fear well, there. Like I said, they, they alternate drives, and Justin Jackson gets hot, and they just bench Gordon to preserve him. Yeah, or, especially or they put him out there occasionally as a decoy. Or the game gets out of control, and they're just not even attempting to run the ball, and you right. know, he's not the pass catcher that Eckler is. So, yeah, sure, he might slide into that role, but will he be as effective in that role? Who's to say? We have kind of a limited sample size. We have one game where he looked really good, and then we had the next game where he got about a similar amount of work and looked pretty poor. So it's it's kind of a roll of the dice with this one. Uh, let me put it to you this way. I like, you, you, you're, you're absolutely right. You like it a lot more if they just do you a solid and just rule Melvin Gordon out. Uh, tomorrow afternoon before the game. Right. That would be that. that that's be what you're fantastic. looking for. That's actually what, that's you're, what hoping you're looking for. for is it that is, you've got Gordon and Jackson, yep. and they and they rule them out. And if you have Gordon and other people, I guess you're just 
It depends on what you have. It's just tempting because it's Melvin Gordon, and we all know what he's capable of. It's just, right. I don't know how close he is to 100%. If it's coming down to a game-time decision, i got to imagine it's probably like somewhere in the 70% range, which I would take. But again, you're just so worried about – it freaks me out because it's a playoff game, and you're, you're going to have to play him at either like RB2 or flex – and it's just, I don't know that I like, I don't like Jackson as much if he's going to go out there necessarily and try and give it a go. Cause if he gets, like you're saying, if he gets half the job, they might both end up with like a 12. It's not really what you wanted. So for a playoff matchup, it's probably, you're probably, I'm hoping that you could, you've got something else on your team that you can slot in there or they just rule him out. That's, that's your best case scenarios. I mean, on the Kansas city side of things, Sammy Watkins continue to deal in with his foot injury. Won't play this week. Look, we talked about it before. Sammy Watkins having a great year. We hoped at the time that this wasn't the downtrend to going back to where he normally is. Injured Sammy Watkins. And and here we are. Hasn't played since. So hoping he can get back out there soon. We mentioned uh, fat Calvin Benjamin last week being cut by the Bills. He signed a couple days later with the Chiefs. He was inactive in his first game, but he will be active and make his debut tomorrow night playing on Watkins' side of the field. Spencer Ware listed as doubtful. He sustained a shoulder injury and a hamstring injury on Sunday. So that means rookie Damian Williams is going to be the man in the backfield. He put up a 19 in PPR last week with Ware in and out of the game. So I would think Damian Williams is an easy slot-in guy there if you're uh, Spencer Ware desperate or Kareem Hunt desperate. He's the RB waiver wire pickup of the week for sure. Has to be. Has to be. That's the guy you wanted. The most notable name here is uh, Tyreek Hill. He's dealing with a heel and wrist injury that he sustained against the Ravens. He is listed as questionable. However, sources are saying he expects to play. Look, the big issue with Tyreek Hill, his value comes from the long touchdowns. His ability to run and get open downfield. If he's hobbled even a little bit... This becomes a huge risk to play him. Every week he's a 40 or a 6, and if he's going to go out there and play at half of him nor- of his normal self, I mean, this has 6 written all over it. It's the same thing you worry about with Melvin Gordon. They just shut him down because these are teams that are going to the playoffs. Or he's it's a not like boy. Yeah. They're both going to the playoffs, both of these teams. It's already more or less decided that they're both in. So there's every chance they just shut him down, and you, you I'd have to be – I'd have to almost be talked into starting Tyreek Hill on a short week, knowing how beat up he is when he had to leave the game last week on a guy who makes his bones being faster than everybody else. If he can't do that, then he's not really the player that you're used to watching in that four or six that you're always afraid of with him anyway becomes much more real. And the beauty of all of this happening on your Thursday night game, all other options are available. Meanwhile... Issues in Washington, Redskins dealing with a couple injuries themselves, Josh Doxson dealing with a concussion. This would normally be a non-newsworthy story, but he's been the bright spot on the Redskins' offense of late. With the bad matchup and the injury issue, you have to steer clear. Uh, Jordan Reed, meanwhile, left Sunday's game re-aggravating the foot injury he's been dealing with most of the preseason and regular season. While nothing else has been announced officially, it's believed to uh, be serious enough that Reed may actually miss the rest of the season, so I'm going to take this opportunity to publicly apologize to Jordan Reed, his fans, most importantly you, his fantasy owners, for mentioning his name last week and thus causing the injury and putting the kiss of death on him. Vernon Davis is now a back-end tight end one. 
depending on matchup, he's got to be a hot eight waiver end, right? Because of the position. Yeah, it's for this week. It's Ian Thomas for the Panthers and Vernon Davis are the two uh, really solid tight end pickups for this week and also rest of season. So and we'll talk about that uh, a little bit more later. Foreshadowing. Meanwhile, quarterback news. Carson Wentz expected to sit out week 15 with his back injury. It has been a rough year, to say the least, for the defending Super Bowl champions. It would not surprise me in the least if they just shut Wentz down at this point. Rough, rough year for him and that entire offense. Meanwhile, Joe Flacco is back to healthy for the Ravens. Neil, as you pointed out, he has been Kaepernicked. Lamar Jackson is named the starter despite him being back and healthy. The way he's been playing, this isn't a major surprise. Jackson's dealing with an ankle injury of his own, so there's clearly some risk in putting him in your fantasy lineup. But given the matchup against the Bucks defense and the fact that before the week even really gets going, John Harbaugh is willing to come out and say he's the starter over a fully healthy Joe Flacco says all you really need to know about the status of Lamar Jackson. He is a must-start in my mind. Would you agree with that assessment? Uh, I'd say more than likely, yeah. He's definitely a must-add, but he's already over the, the threshold for that. And then I suppose it comes down to what your other options are on a week-in, week-out basis. But, yeah, he's definitely, if you're looking around uh, and you've got him on your team and you're not happy with your current option, probably roll with him the rest of the season. Their schedule is conducive to him having some big games. Particularly, I like this one against Tampa Bay. Their defense is really, really terrible. And then Ryan Tannehill is going to start this weekend after sustaining an ankle injury. More notable for the skill guys around him who have actually been pretty decent of late. None of them are huge impact players, though, given the game against the Vikings. Meanwhile, running back news, LaShawn McCoy dealing with a hamstring injury. I would bet that they rest the veteran for at least this week. It's possible they shut him down for the year. If you've been relying on Shady as a main back in your lineup, make sure you've got another plan in place. Sticking in the AFC East, the Jets are having all kinds of issues in the running back room. Isaiah Crowell's dealing with a toe injury that may actually end his season prematurely. Elijah McGuire, Trenton Cannon are the next two guys up on the depth chart, but they both missed practice on Tuesday with injuries of their own. They returned on a limited basis today. Should be good to go. They've got the Texans on Saturday, though, so the matchup isn't ideal. As I mentioned in the waiver column this week, though, Elijah McGuire, a guy I'm taking a hard look at on the waiver wire if he is out there and if you are RB desperate. Would you agree that he's the guy you'd want over Cannon? Yes, I would take McGuire over Cannon, and you would probably also, if you're ferreting around looking for something in this area, you're probably also going to run across Chris Ivory. With uh, So he would be the other one that I would take a look at if McCoy – well, since McCoy is going to be uh, down for at least this week, and I agree. <clears throat> the Bills are eliminated. They might just start shutting people down. Right. David Johnson didn't practice today with a calf injury. He's expected to play – but it's something to keep an eye on for sure, given what he means to that franchise long-term, the amount of money that they are paying him. It wouldn't shock me if they were cautious with him at the end of what is clearly a lost season for Arizona. Chase Edmonds is the next man up in the Arizona backfield. You have to be out there on waivers, picking him up, owning him in all leagues if you are a David Johnson owner. Chase Edmonds, you believe in the value there? He's been a vulture a couple times this I, year. I believe in that if I could get him... I would be okay with it, but I'll put it to you this way. 
I would rather pick up Damian Williams than Chase Edmonds. If I had to pick for the last couple of weeks playing Damian Edmonds or, uh, excuse me, Damian Williams or, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Chase, or Chase Edmonds, I'm going to go with, uh, with Damian. So that's Chase that's, Edmonds that's or Elijah Maguire rest of season. Uh, that's probably closer to the Chase Edmonds side of things. Cause I think they, if, if, if David Johnson is going to be shut down, I think they'll give, They'll give Edmonds a really long look because I think they want to yeah, see the what they have. Yeah, the workload is certainly there. The work, the volume will be there. The offense is conducive to it. It's all the reasons why you like David Johnson, the volume, and, and the pass catching that fades in and out, but it was supposed to be there. I think Edmonds would get a good long look and get a lot of opportunity. So you're not going to worry about him not touching the ball. So he's definitely worth the ad, but uh, I, it's going to be close between him and Elijah McGuire weekly depending on the matchups and if they in fact shut David Johnson down, you know what I mean? I don't know if they're going to actually do that or not. We'll see how that all shakes out. They're eliminated, but they don't, I think Wilkes is trying to not get fired. You know (laughs) what I mean? Uh, And I think if he starts shutting people down, that that might look bad given. Yeah. If if Johnson does uh, actually sit the game out, a matchup against Arizona or I'm sorry, Arizona against Atlanta, is certainly a, a decent enough matchup to warrant a waiver ad and play of Chase Edmonds if you need it. Yeah, right, shout out definitely. to Aiden as always at FF Aware Daily Awareness. Check it out. Another good column last week. Appreciate the thorough information he was putting in there. Always putting the information down for us. So uh, shout out to our guy DFS Wizard Aiden Ware. All right, uh, Neil. Let's get into some uh, some debate here. Some Devil's Advocate. May I play devil's advocate for a moment? It's time for some devil's advocate. Who the devil are you? Debating the topics. There's still one thing that doesn't make sense. The community is talking about. Now, what were we talking about? Devil's Advocate, Week 15. All right, as promised, let's start with the tight ends. Some interesting tight end developments because people are just so starved for this position, particularly in the playoffs. A lot of people have gotten there just well, and they've just gotten there despite their tight end. You know what I mean? They're just it's rotisserie, and the rest of the team just carries it. So this week, some interesting options are kind of emerging. Ian Thomas, who we mentioned briefly, has kind of stepped up to fill in for uh, Greg Olson for the rest of the year. And he's looked pretty good. He's been involved yep. and uh, you know, the, the Panthers have looked bad. So it's kind of, I think it's limiting his red zone, you know, usage, but that's probably due to change either way. He's involved. So he's catching, you know, on average about four or five a game at this point. So definitely worth consideration. And then, you know, also with Jordan Reed going down, we've seen Vernon Davis play for years and years and years. We wrote, he's been a fantasy <laughs> zombie. What twice? So at least it yeah. like he keeps coming back. So Vernon Davis, you just don't really like the fact that Washington is on their fourth quarterback. That's yeah, not that's ideal the there. Yep. However, you know, Josh Johnson, who <laughs> the last time he threw a pass in the NFL was like 2011. So yeah. Okay. There's a lot of ways to go with that. Uh, <laughs> he, he looked competent though. When he did, he looked better than Sanchez. So it, what a low there bar. is a, lo, it's a low bar. There is a little bit of hope though. So 
That's what people are asking. Which is the one that you would want to own for the rest of the season? And then if you're going to play him, what's the, you know, to use a baseball term, what's the Mendoza line? What's the the player that you would be like, okay, I'm going to bench him to play an Ian Thomas or a Vernon Davis because I don't feel confident about it. So that's that's what people are talking about. So uh, for this one, my money's going to be on Ian Thomas just because I've seen him be more involved recently. The Carolina Panthers have a long history of going to their tight end, whether it was Shockey or Olsen or, you know, the list goes on. They, they're going to, it's part of the game plan. They're, that's what they're going to do it. He's going to have value. I liken him a lot to owning CJ Uzama. It's kind of like that. He's probably not going to get you a 12, but he's also not going to get you a zero. He's probably going to get you an eight or a nine most weeks. And you just kind of live with that, but it's better than, you know, a lot of the other options that are out there. So based on history and based on current usage, that's the way I'm going to go. And uh, I'll kick it over to you for uh, for the fantasy zombie. Uh, yeah, for Vernon Davis, the argument is who else is there, right? Yeah, they love to throw to the tight end. It's the whole offense. You, mes- you mentioned Josh Doxson. I mentioned Josh the, Doxson, yeah. who has been playing really well recently, but he's dealing with a concussion. They have uh, Jamison Crowder's been hurt. The entire team is just the walking wounded at this point. They cannot keep him out there long enough to uh, to sustain any value. So, you know, Vernon Davis is going to have value, and at tight end, it's just it's such a desperate position to have anything. I mean, there are worse options you could pick up out there. All right, so those if are the arguments. Absolutely desperate. Yeah. Right. Those so those are the arguments on either side. And I also kind of mentioned C.J. Uzama, who is available in a lot of leagues, and it's very similar to this. Uh. Which one would you actually prefer, Steve? Ian Thomas. Yeah, so would I. He's had double digits in the past two weeks when he's had the whole job to himself. When he's filled in for Greg Olson, he has looked pretty well. He gets the target share that you want to see. He gets the uh, the red zone looks when they actually make it into the red zone. they actually get there. Cam Newton's so. not afraid to go to him. Like, Ian Thomas is the one I want. And so the real question is then, okay, if we're going to pick up Ian Thomas and we're going to say, okay, second choice would probably be, Vernon Davis, maybe C.J. Uzama. You're in that t- territory. Who, who are you? Who, where's the Where's the area where we're going to be starting somebody like an Ian Thomas over someone? So I'll kick it off with David Njoku. And this week, for context, David Njoku is playing on the road in Denver uh, on one of so those we're saying Saturday rest of season. Game. Yeah, rest of se- we can do rest of season or we can do this week, but sure, rest of season. Uh, that he's playing Denver, Cincinnati, and Baltimore. Two of those games are on the road. The Cincinnati game is in Den- is uh, in Cleveland. Yeah, and then this season, I'm going to take uh, Ian Thomas. Yeah, it's right on that because David Njoku's been okay, but he really has to. He's kind of in that same boat. It's touchdown or bust for him. Right. Uh, Austin Hooper. See, that's an interesting one because Austin Hooper's hurt. Yeah. So, this is the uh, exact scenario where you I, might want to actually be looking at it. Cause exactly. Austin Hooper, I think, is a top 10 tight end because of his usage and uh, because of that offense and how they're constantly playing from behind because of how bad the defense has been. So given that Austin Hooper, if he were to play all three games, I'd say Austin Hooper. But if he, does, if he doesn't play this week, then, uh, yeah, it's obviously Ian Thomas because he's going to have another game in hand. All right. See, I tend to agree with that. Trey Burton. Uh, I'm going to go Ian Thomas. They have not been throwing to Trey Burton. Yeah, and I want to shout that out mostly because I own Trey Burton. So sympathy to all you other people. (laughs) (laughs) That's a personal personal one. Uh, All right, let's do – 
I was going to say Kyle Rudolph, but I feel like I already know the answer to that question, so we'll just move on. And if you follow Steve in the preseason, I think he's going yeah. to mm-hmm. go Ian Thomas. I'd rather have Njoku than Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, so would I. So uh, let's go one more, and let's maybe go just a wee bit higher on the list, let's say. Hmm. How about – I think Eric Ebron's too high. I think I want Ebron. Yeah, I think that's way too high. I honest, okay, Cameron so Bray? I'm ranking him. Yeah, I'm where gonna are we go, – I'm going to go Kelsey Kittle, Ebron. Rest of season. Okay. Those are my top three. And then I'm going to go Zach Ertz with a question mark only because I'm unsure about uh How many more Wentz. games he's going to play and, and Nick Foles, Wentz. sure. Um, and then Gronk because he's Gronk. And then uh, Jared Cook based on pure volume. Probably at six. Like after those top five, you're talking about – Jared Cook, Austin Hooper, Evan it's, Ingram, Cameron Brait, Jimmy Graham, Vance McDonald, David Njoku. Ian Thomas fits into that group somewhere. Right. He's a, he's a mix in that group. So you're saying it's Ian Thomas is effectively something like tight end between Back 8, end eight starter. and 10. Yeah. Between and 8 and 10 effectively is where yeah. we're going to have Ian Thomas. So you're talking about Ian Thomas versus Jimmy Graham. Ian Thomas versus Cameron Brait. And Ian Thomas versus Austin Hooper, who we had already right. who we had already kind of mentioned, and then so that's kind of the territory you're talking about. So, you know, that's why he's such a high. That's why in our mind he's such a high pickup. You know what I mean? Right. He, in a in a position that you are so desperate at that you're looking at starting Evan Ingram still in a lot of leagues. People are literally asking about that. They're like, what do we do with Evan Ingram? I I I don't know. I don't know what to do with this. Like getting zeros and he's involved and he's hurt. He's not and it's. Like we mentioned all those guys, that's the top 12, and then you throw Thomas in, so that's 13. And then after that, it's Rudolph, it's Vernon Davis, it's Chris Herndon, CJ CJ Uzuma, and then it's, uh, it's Trey Burton, and then after that, there's nothing usable at tight end. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a list of, one, two, three, four, five, it's a list of 18 guys. And outside of those 18, you can't really start any of them. Yep. And if you're in a 12-team league, you gotta you gotta hope you got one of those guys. Yeah. There's six guys worth having as backups, effectively, <laughs> in a 12-team right. league. Right. So well, six guys worth owning if someone else is holding two of the top-tier guys. Yeah. So somebody's gonna be hurting. So it's a. Uh, and if you a, just listened to us in the preseason and drafted George Kittle, none of this would have happened to you. Right. Yeah. None of it. Yeah, absolutely. Or if you were the luckiest human being on earth and managed to get Eric Ebron for for nothing like that. All right, against all odds. Yeah, yeah, uh, just that because it's I don't even know how to explain it. That's st- I'm to still fair, reeling from in that the preseason. Stat. I said that Jack Doyle was going to be a top five tight end. And yeah, Eric Ebron totally, is running Jack yeah. Doyle's role. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, indie Plus, tight end top five. I'm counting that as a end. win. I yeah. can chalk that as a win, right? Yeah, sure. It's well, it probably would have been interesting if they both would have been healthy. You know what I mean? Right. But for what we thought was going to happen, yeah, effectively. But Eric, Eric, that's I'm still reeling from that stat. (laughs) Right. That he's a future Hall of Famer. Just completely mind blowing. That is okay. So anyway, the pickup there is Ian Thomas. Vernon Davis is the clear second choice. Followed, you know, and CJ Uzama's in that neighborhood too. We went through the list for you. If you're desperate for for the for tight end for the playoffs, go get yourself some Ian Thomas. We actually had a question 
post to us on the Fantasy Life app. And normally we get a lot of start sick questions, and it's interesting because this isn't all. This is kind of a straddler. So we're gonna do it in Devil's Advocate. So shout out to Bates Motel on the Fantasy Life app, and his question is, you know, with Amari Cooper having two huge games, you know, bracketed by, you know, pretty mediocre game. He's outperformed expectations two of the last three weeks. Is he a, you know, the direct phrasing here is set it and forget it player for the rest of the season? That's a very interesting question since we are officially the Amari Cooper podcast somehow. Right. If you want to talk about things that are against all odds. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So the question is, is. Now, to be clear, set it and forget it is the thing that we want to uh, clarify. Because when you're saying set it and forget it, that means he's a weekly must start. And given the fact that we run uh, all of our advice through 12-team PPR with the standard league uh, setup of three wide receivers and a flex, you're basically asking if he's in the top 36 to 42 wide receivers on a weekly basis. And the answer to that is yes. Yes. Without a shadow of a yes. doubt. 100%. So if, if we want to narrow it down, is he a number one wide receiver? Is he a number two wide receiver where where does he fall into that range i think that's a better question and a, a, a more difficult question to answer it's it's the that that's i think what we're trying to get at here as opposed to is he a set it and forget it in that yeah, phrase set it and forget it that's but, just a so slam dunk. the answer to that question is yes 100 percent. yeah you said it you're gonna ha- you're gonna end up playing him especially when we're gonna get into things like his actual schedule so <laughs> there for the rest of the way he is got some real juicy matchups uh so this week they're on the road which you don't love but they're playing the colts so game that promises to be high scoring both teams can move the ball colts defense they're really their strength is rushing rushing the passer if they can if the cowboys can stand up to that the secondary isn't that great so they should be able to move the ball and i think amari cooper probably has a pretty nice day here because they're gonna have to score points to, to to keep up with with the colts and uh, can't rely completely on that defense shutting Andrew Luck down. Week after that, week 16, he's playing at home in Dallas against Tampa Bay. And for my money, that's a – I don't know that you could really ask for a better matchup than that. Tampa Bay – Yeah, in championship week. Right? That, in champ, I, that's really like – that's about the best matchup money could buy. You know, so it's – and then if you play into week 17, uh, he's on the road again, but he's playing the Giants. So division game, not ideal on the road, New York in December. But same time, <laughs> if he's playing, because we'll see how the Cowboys record actually shakes out. Cowboy, the, the Giants defense is still bad and they've been more creative at trying to move the ball. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, I, I wouldn't feel as amazed about that one. That's the one that I matchup that I like the least, if that makes sense. Because there's also the idea that maybe the Dallas mm-hmm. just starts taking it to them and they just shut it all down because they've, they, you know, it all just ends. So you don't get a whole day. So various things like that. So for the, for context as well, he was traded. And as a result of that trade, he had two bye weeks this year. He had the bye when he with the Raiders in week seven. So he is wide receiver 15 and he with an extra bye week in there. So he's had one less game than everyone else. And he is already wide receiver 15. Now, granted, that is propped up on you know, a 43 and a 55, <laughs> but you know, you can't argue with, uh, can't argue with all with it too much. He's had a couple 13s in there. 
So the, the rest question... of season, Fantasy Pros has him at uh, number 11 for this week, right? I think yes. the rest of season nope. was like 13. You have him at 11 for this week, 12 rest of season. 11 this week, 12 rest of season. So I know uh, Pro Football Focus has him at number 15 for the rest of season at wide receiver. So top end, wide receiver two at the very worst. I will also say this. So as you mentioned, the double bye weeks. That means that he's played six games with both the Raiders and the Cowboys this year. I mentioned I didn't want any part of Amari Cooper because he was going to a less accurate quarterback, which is true. Historically, career-wise, Dak has been less accurate than Derek Carr, and especially on the long ball, which is kind of where Amari makes his bread and butter, and then the drops. The history of the stone hands with Amari Cooper. In his six games with the Raiders... Amari Cooper had 30 targets, 2 drops, 22 catches. So he had a drop rate of 8.33% on catchable passes, which was 29th lowest in the league. So worst, 29th worst in the league of, uh, of qualified wide receivers. With the Cowboys, 50 targets. So in the same amount of games, he has 20 more targets, almost double the targets he had with the Raiders. He has 40 catches, only one drop, a drop rate of 2.44%. It is the second best drop rate in the NFL since he was traded. I mean, there you go. So, I mean, that says it all. It was all going to depend on his hands. You can't trust his hands. And to this point, he's actually caught the ball that has been thrown to him. So maybe Jerry Jones has better stick them. I don't know. Yeah, right. Who, you never I, I can't. I can't officially report that because I haven't seen it. Who knows? It could be any number of things. Maybe he's he's just more focused, being down in Dallas, trying to go to the playoffs as opposed to hanging out in Oakland the last couple of years, just getting destroyed. I mean, there's <laughs> there's any number of of reasons, but I think that I would have him somewhere to rank out rest of season. He's going to be in that 12 to 15 range, which would mean that on most teams, he's going to be probably your wide he's receiver wide two. Receiver two. He's at, a top end worst. one. Yeah. He's a top end kind of wide receiver two. And I don't know how many teams are realistically going to have that many better options. You know what I mean? With the production that he's put up in the playoffs for you. Right. And if you get a 55 again, which they're hard to predict, and but it's his schedule is conducive to it. They're, they're, these games could easily, these next two games could easily, I could see these turning into shootouts. It's a, it, it's kind of a perfect storm. And as you pointed out, if he's actually going to catch the ball, well, then we would have had him rated way higher in the preseason. <laughs> we would have been the Amari right. Cooper podcast all along. A lot of our preseason rankings and complaints about him were the drop percentage. That was the biggest, that was the whole rationale. That was argument 1A was I don't want to invest heavily in this guy if because he can't catch. And if he's going to catch, boy, we're seeing now, I think maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say the sky is the limit, you know, but if this is going to, this is going to be, if he's going to be, you know, at that efficient, mm-hmm. wide receiver 12 makes a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at it right now. Of guys we were talking about in the preseason, and this is why I was saying too, just to circle back to the preseason conversation we were talking about, this is why I lean heavily on wide receivers because when you have the you look at the top twenty wide receivers on the board right now in fantasy football, 
And of them, just going up and down the list, I can see Robert Woods, Tyler Boyd, uh, Amari Cooper, and Tyler Lockett are the only guys I can see in the top 20 who were drafted outside of the top 20 at wide receiver. The return on investment is ridiculously insane for the position. And for Amari Cooper to kind of come out of nowhere, for him, he needed a team change. Like For Tyler Boyd, he needed A.J. Green to go down. And for Tyler Lockett, Doug Baldwin missing most of the season hasn't hurt his case. And then when you look at running backs, you know, James Conner obviously is the weird one. But James White, James White was being drafted in the 30s, and he's a top 10 guy right now. Philip Lindsay, who you mentioned on here, and was going almost undrafted in a lot of leagues. No, he was only Tariq being Cohen. up in the Denver market. <laughs> right. Literally exactly. it. That's it. Tariq Cohen, TJ Yeldon, a top 15 guy because of the injuries to Fournette. Aaron Jones, Adrian Peterson, Nick Chubb, Lamar Miller, Austin Eckler. All guys who were going way outside of the top 15, top 20 at running back that crawled their way into it. There's always so much more value later on in the draft and in free agency at running back. You, you got to get wide receiver studs. You can't win without them. It's really hard. It's really, really hard. You got to have a, a, a dominant lineup otherwise, and you got to have at least wide receiver twos. Like it's, 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 a, it's a dangerous game. That's why wide receiver is so important. All right, Neil, let's try to help some people win some titles. Let's do it. Trust me. Trust? I'm asking you. Trust me. Or bust. You make any kind of mistake and boom. Players to start. Is that a fish you can trust or what? Trust your instincts. Players that should sit. Go ahead and take a seat. Take a seat right over there. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Helping you set your lineup. Don't make the same mistake I had made. To win your week. Gotcha. Can't win, don't try. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. And remember, don't trust anyone over 30. Saturday night football, Houston's defense against the Jets, or the Seahawks' surging defense against San Francisco. Oh, I'm going to take that Houston defense. I am going to take Houston as well because the San Francisco game is a divisional matchup, which we all know, wonky. I have no wonkiness, Neil. No confidence the Jets can repeat. No feel for can it. repeat what they did last week to the Bills. No confidence in that at all. Half point PPR, Marlon Mack. Mark Ingram or Jeff Wilson. Now, Jeff Wilson, I'm going to eliminate from this conversation just because I have no idea what Matt Breed is going to do. I also don't like the matchup against the Seahawks, so I would take that out as that well. Too. And what I was considering so there. That doubles down. Too. So Mac is an interesting one because there's always the the upside of Mac, but I don't like that matchup either. Whereas that Mark Ingram matchup is very tempting uh, as they're playing Carolina on Monday night. If the Saints. That's a division game, but if the Saints can get out to a lead, I think you could see Mark Ingram and mop-up duty get you a, get you a nice th- late third-quarter touchdown. Saints I'm going to go with Marlon Mack, and I hate the matchup, but only because it's half PPR. And yeah. I figure they're going to be playing from behind, passing, he'll get the targets and the pass catches. You say that, and then they put Naheem Hines in there. And so that's that's my concern there. So we're going to split. I'm going to go Ingram here. 
Uh, Sony Michelle against Pittsburgh or Justin Jackson against Kansas City? Oh, this is th- hey, this is the example I couldn't think of earlier in the show. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for that. Oh man, this that is a tough one because I'm gonna go Sony. I'm Michelle gonna go Sony Michelle. I know what he's doing. Well, that's and that's and it's also it's the matchup. They're gonna be having to play that entire game, and I just don't. I don't trust the whole Melvin Gordon thing at all, as we pointed out. Full point PPR. Deshaun Hamilton, Demarius Thomas, Curtis Samuel, or Sterling Shepard? Those are all pretty interesting choices. This one is interesting because it almost does – this one brings into the idea of how many points do I think I need to get from this position versus what, what right. risk am I willing to put out there. That's, that's I'm going to go with I wanna, Curtis, Curtis Samuel, Samuel on Curtis. Monday against that's the Saints. That's what I'm doing too, and the reason I bring that up is because – there are safer options on that list. Right. So be prepared for the idea. If you're doing that, do that knowing that you're playing with fire a bit there and you might take a low number. Now, that's but that's your biggest upside. If you felt like you needed a floor, uh, some of those other guys I think might be better options. But Curtis Samuel is probably the one I'm going with in my personal lineup. Gus Edwards against Tampa or Marlon Mack against the Cowboys? Uh, uh, Marlon. Gus Edwards. You're going to go Gus Edwards there? I'm going Gus Edwards, yeah. Oh, wow, I'll go Marlon Mack on that one. Split that one Against today. Tampa. Yeah, Gus Edwards hasn't At been, home. Gus Edwards hasn't been good, though, recently. His last two weeks against Atlanta and KC, not good not good defenses. 8.2 and 6.7. That's why I bring that up. So that's why I'm going Marlon Mack. Tyler Lockett or Stefan Diggs, full point PPR? I'm going to go Lockett against San Francisco. I'm doing the same. Again, the the safer option there, I think, is Diggs. I think that's a more reliable one. But Lockett's been too good, and their secondary is so bad. They're going to take some deep shots. Oh, Neil, I have I have waited since the preseason to get this. This is uh this is the question I fall asleep dreaming about. <laughs> and we're here. I can't believe we're here. Aaron Rodgers. You done messed up, AA Ron. Against the Bears or. Go Bears! Mitch Trubisky against Green Bay. <laughs> it's oh, Trubisky all day, every day. Excellent. Bear down. That's excellent. Go Bears! That is truly, truly excellent. I also am going Mitch Trubisky. This is like the one week where Go Bears! I throw out start my stud if it's Aaron Rodgers because he hasn't been Aaron Rodgers recently. I, I and think that Bears defense. That Bears is defense funny. is just going to give him fits because he can't run around. He cannot run around like he normally does, and I think that's going to They almost bad. took his leg off last time they yeah, played. Yeah, and I think they're going to try and finish the job, so I really don't want to play Rodgers. <laughs> Sweep the leg! Yeah. All right, this is something we uh, sort of talked about before. Austin Hooper or Ian Thomas? I am probably going to go if Ian. Ho- let's if assume. Uh, we're assuming Hooper, Hooper plays. Obviously, it's Ian Thomas if he doesn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. The question is not. Assuming he plays, it's at home against Arizona compared to the Monday night game against New Orleans for Thomas. I think I'm going to go Ian Thomas either way. I'm going Ian Thomas because it's yeah, it's Ian Thomas. I don't want to play Hooper in that matchup. Uh, PPR: Gus Edwards or Derrick Henry? Ooh. Oh, (laughs) Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, I don't know, man. You really want to go back to that Derrick Henry? Well, I'm going to go Gus Edwards Gus at Edwards. home against Tampa. Yeah. Gus Edwards in that case. Again, my whole argument with Gus Edwards is yes, they haven't played well, or he hasn't played well recently. But in that Atlanta game, wasn't that a close, like nail biting game? Uh, yeah, it was. 
Yeah, and we know the Kansas City game went to overtime, and they they very rarely led in that game. So they did lead, but it's like by a touchdown or by a field goal, they weren't trying to salt it away. I think they can get up on Tampa and then just run out the clock yeah. with that defense. Well, and then Tampa Bay's defense is really bad, so we'll yeah. we'll just have to we'll just have to see. Uh, we'll just have to see kind of how it shakes out. But I'm going Gus Edwards if that's my other option in that case. Julian Edelman or Brandon Cooks. Edelman, of course, against the Steelers. Cooks against Philadelphia. At home, they're angry after that last Sunday night loss. I'm going with uh, Brandon Cooks having a nice game. I actually am going to go with Cooks, but for a different reason, and it's because he's got that Philadelphia secondary, which is just signing guys off the street at this point. So I think. Well, sure, but I'm, the the argument you can make there was the same you were talking about with Amari Cooper against the Giants, is they go up big and then just run out the clock. Whereas here, I feel like they're going to be up fifty and throwing it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that definitely plays a part. That yeah. definitely plays a part of it. They're going to especially the fact that they, they were, were the ones the defending, who knocked them out last yeah, year and, and they're the defending, defending Super Bowl champions. They're going to try and prove a point. No, I totally totally can get on board with that line of logic. They're going to they're not going to pull any punches. PPR. Austin Pettis against Seattle or Tyler Boyd against Oakland. What is the rest of this team? How many Mahomes do you own? <laughs> I didn't know you could own more than one. That's crazy. Two quarterback league and there's both Mahomes. He's got, he's got Mahomes, Gurley, McCaffrey. <laughs> right. he, had, he had like eight first dream, round picks. What is team. this? The absolute Austin dream Pettis team. or Tyler Boyd in the championship. What? Oh. Uh. Can I pass? Uh, I think I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd, but I... Do waivers not exist in this league? Is this an FFE well, question? Well, I don't know. The waiver wire for running for wide receiver isn't great, so... Can't argue with probably that. Probably where Pettis came from, to be honest, if we're being completely honest about it. I, I think I'm going to go Boyd here, and I, I don't really like either option, yeah. as you. I don't sure. like either I mean, option. they're playing Oakland. It's, it's the o- best matchup, it's, but it's Jeff Driscoll. I, I know, and I, and I don't want to play either one. I, I, I agree with you about looking for other options if these are your best two, though. And there's literally nothing on the waiver wire, and this is it. This is the only stuff that you have. Then I would say I'm going to roll Tyler Boyd and say a prayer before the game kicks off. <laughs> Pretty much. Just hope. I don't want to play Pettis against I keep seeing him people like no. use an ad, and I'm like, yeah. why to play Seattle? No, no I don't. No, no thank exactly. you. No, thank you. Yep. No, I'm I'm with you, Tyler Boyd, Allen Robinson, or Josh Gordon. Uh, Josh Gordon, Allen Robinson's kippy. We didn't report that in the news, but that came down very late today. Allen Robinson didn't practice today. Yeah, but he's been gimpy. Yeah, I know, but I've, either way, the the fear is with Josh Gordon spreading the ball around. Sure. Throwing but, it to Edelman, throwing it to other guys, throwing it to Gronk. Yeah. I'm still going Josh Gordon. But yeah, I'm still going Josh Gordon. Uh, Deshaun Watson on the road against the Jets or Mitch Trubisky? Ooh, that's a good one. I am going Watson. I'm going to go Watson as well. I've got Watson just inside the top ten. Cam Newton. Who? Oh, here's another one. If we, if I, You would have slapped me across the face if I asked you this in the preseason. Cam Newton or Josh Allen? Yeah, that's that. that yeah, that's pretty funny. Actually, <laughs> we would have had to stop the show. <laughs> you would slap me in the I, damn I, face. I'd have assumed you had like audio problems. Like, nah, that's his computer's broken. Especially as like, who's going to have more rushing yards this week? Cam right, Newton right. or Josh? Because that's right. who. It, that's what this that's is. That's what it is. No, who, it's who has more rushing have yards more this rushing week? Because Josh Allen is. I. That's what he. That's what he's doing. 
It's what he can do. Here's my major concern for that, okay, which actually gives me an opportunity to segue into a fantastic point. I mentioned Josh Allen in the waiver column uh, as a guy that's interesting to add because it's literally all rushing for it. If you well take the work. rushing away... Oh, don't do that. It was... <laughs> I, I, last week he had, I don't have the exact number with me. I think it was like a, a 20, I want to say. Uh, I'll, roughly. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up, but yeah, you're in the neighborhood. Keep, keep going. Somewhere like that. 18 of it was rushing. He had over a hundred yards rushing and a rushing touchdown. So I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It was like an 18.2 from rushing the ball and a two as a quarterback. Detroit has been one of the best run-stopping defenses in the league. Since they acquired Snacks so, Harrison, yes. They were exactly. terrible before they They have had been Snacks crushing Harrison. the run. Now, this isn't actually a running back, but it's still run game. Buffalo's going to try to move the ball on the ground with Josh Allen's legs. If they can contain him from doing that, we have seen he cannot throw the ball. So I'm going to go with Cam Newton because that, it, that game could turn into a shootout. He's going to have to throw it in addition to run it. And I trust the veteran more than I trust the kid at this point. So the last week, to your point, yeah, he had a 20.3, uh, and he had three turnovers, two picks and yep. a fumble, and only 206 yep. yards passing. But he salvages you with all those sweet, sweet rushing yards. But Yeah, didn't in, he have 100 and something yards rushing? He did. And the reason the other thing is Cam Newton had a, uh, an 11 uh, last week against Cleveland on the road. Uh, in Cleveland. Cle- and I want to just point out, Cleveland's defense has actually been decent. We've pointed this out a yeah. few times on the show. It's just something that I don't think a lot of people are aware of. They actually do a really nice job under Greg Williams. So I'm still going to, I'm going to go with you and play Cam Newton, but it's more about also here. It's week 15. Josh Allen's been a nice story and it's an interesting thing to keep an eye on, but I don't think I'm going to pick him up and play him in a playoff game if my other option is Cam Newton. If my other option was terrible, absolutely. But I'm not benching Cam, and I'm not afraid of the 11. You don't, it's not ideal, but I don't think it's likely to happen again, uh, when they're, because this week they're playing at home against New Orleans. So they should be able to have more success moving the ball. Uh, Dak on the road against the Colts or Trubisky against Green Bay? Oh, Dak's been so good. Dak's been so good. Yeah, I'm gonna ride the hot hand. I'm gonna go Dak. I gotta keep going Dak, especially if I'm gonna rep Mari Cooper. Well, especially because I think that game turns into a shootout, whereas the Bears just might try to run it down their throat. In the well, and then I'm a little skittish on Trubisky just for one more week because he looked like he had some rust. You know what I mean? He was throwing some passes high. He looked like he was super jazzed in that game when it started, and he was kind of like zipping it over people. So I, I'm a little, just slightly, slightly nervous. Rams defense is a lot better than the Packers defense, though. So Josh Gordon against Pittsburgh or Jarvis Landry in Denver? I wish they said if it was PPR or not. Assume PPR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I go with Landry in PPR, and if we are wrong and to, to do to assume and it's standard, I would actually change my answer and play Josh Gordon. So close. It's it's a good question. I'm gonna go Josh Gordon and not feel great about it. Uh, Andrew Luck against Dallas or Jared Goff against Philly? Oh, I'm gonna go Jared Goff pummeling Philly. And we'll split this one too. I'm going to go Andrew Luck because I think it turns into a shootout, and you're a little afraid, you're a little, you're a little nervous about it. But that juicy, juicy ceiling is what separates it for me. I don't know that Dallas defense. They sh- they've been shutting down everyone. Yep. We'll see if they can shut down Andrew Luck. I I've I've not been impressed with what I've seen from Goff, and I like the matchup, this matchup significantly more. But I have a little 
a little cautious around around golf right now. I, I, I Lux had a lot of solid performances even against good defenses, uh, save the one blip on the radar with that Jacksonville game. So I, I, I go back to the well here. Half point PPR: Deshaun Hamilton, uh, Allen Robinson, Dante Pettis, or Chris Godwin. Take Dante Pettis off the table. I'm going to take Godwin off the table because they're playing Baltimore. Yeah, it's probably a good call. So it's Deshaun Hamilton against Cleveland yeah. or Allen Robinson against Green Bay, and he's beat up. So yeah. I'm going to go Deshaun. I'll, so, ride, I'll ride with the kid. So am I. He had a really nice week last week, and I think they're going to end up trying to do that again. Uh, PPR. Justin Jackson or Jalen Samuels? Uh, Jalen Samuels. I don't think Connor's playing this week. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he will be out this week. We'll see if he misses any more than that. Again, he's still dealing with that high ankle sprain. Could be out the rest of the fantasy season. We will see. Phil Rivers against Kansas City or Andrew Luck against Dallas? Uh, I'm going to go Phil Rivers, even though it's not a good week last week. and Thursday night football always scares you a little bit, but I'm... I'm going with I will throw out the stats for you. Phil Rivers' last four games at Arrowhead. This is what we have to bring up every year. Yep. His last four games at Arrowhead, two touchdowns, six interceptions. He has not won a game there since 2013, averaging 256 passing yards per game, 9.2 fantasy points in those games. It just, Historically, they've just had his number. That's true. But I'm thinking – but just – Again, the the defense is so bad for I, them. They're so this bad. Year. They're so bad. And they're down there with Tampa Bay. I, the fact that Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler may miss this game, I feel like they're going to lean well, Austin Eckler is going even to miss more. This game. Now, now that may <laughs> that that may be conducive to more interceptions, which you certainly don't like. But I'm with you. I got to ride with Rivers. And just hope that this is the year he turns it around. I if they want to be a Super Bowl contender like they're claiming, they they have to do something a, against a Kansas game City. You have to at least be in. You cannot get blown out by Kansas City here. This is not it will not be acceptable if you're trying to go to the Super Bowl as they've been you know talking about for quite a while. So no, I I hundred percent uh I'm gonna go Philip Rivers here and hope that he can buck that really awful trend. Uh. To your point also about Andrew Luck, that is not a good matchup against Dallas. I just like it more than my other option and that other question. Uh, Rodgers. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! Against the Bears or Josh Allen again. Oh, my God. We had this question last week, <clears throat> and the answer was Rodgers, and it was correct. <laughs> uh, again, the, the Detroit rushing, it scares me that you're relying I on the rushing floor from I, the quarterback. I can't. Bench I can't play Aaron Josh Rogers. Allen over Aaron Rodgers. I can't. I can't, do, I can't it. do it. I could not live with myself. I I, I will go down. I on get Aaron the logic. Rogers. If this is oh. week three, I'm all over. Oh him. sure, sure, sure. If we're mid in the playoffs, no, this yeah. is not a game I want to get cute with. This is a game I want to try and win, and I don't like the Rodgers matchup. And I wish you had a better other option, but I that's too low. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. Flex spot: Jalen Samuels, David Johnson, or Julian Edelman. You'd probably lean wide receiver there, right? I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go Edelman. I'm gonna lean wide receiver with you and go Edelman. I think they're gonna get him involved against Pittsburgh. If you had to choose a running back, if I had to choose a running back, uh, I actually have to make this exact decision, and uh, I'm waiting to see on the health of David Johnson. But 
I'm strongly considering both guys. I think if you're forcing me to choose today, gun to my head. Yeah, assuming health. Uh, right now, I'm probably leaning towards playing Jalen Samuels. David Johnson hasn't been good. Yeah, he hasn't been great. And now he's beat up on top of it. Yeah, I would go uh, Jalen Samuels as well. Okay, pick two. Got Tyler Boyd against Oakland, DJ Moore against New Orleans, or Allen Robinson against Green Bay. So basically, who do you want to bench? And I'm going to bench Tyler Boyd. Uh, assuming the health of Allen Robinson, yes, I am. I am going to go with you and bench Boyd. I it's the Jeff Driscoll. Uh, let's see. So he needs three running backs, and he's giving us four of them. So once again, okay. who do you want to bench? Who are we sitting? Uh, Jalen Samuels. Mark Ingram, James White, Tevin Coleman. I'm thinking James White. It's between that or Tevin Coleman. And I am going to go ahead. I will sit uh, Tevin Coleman, and I will play with fire. Deshaun Hamilton, Larry Fitz, or Taewon Taylor. How about a name from the Wayback wow. Machine? PPR. Against Atlanta, I'm going Larry Legend. Yeah. I'm going Larry Legend there, too, and I don't feel great about it. Damian Williams or Tariq Cohen? Oh, boy. Wait, that's Razor's edge. Jeez, man. His biggest thing is, will they be playing from behind? Because that's the PPR aspect. Right. And when they're leaning on running the ball heavily the last few weeks, it's been Jordan Howard, as I've mentioned before. Back to that. So I'm going to go with Damian Williams. I feel like he's the guy that's got a more complete role has a clear path to uh, to uh, fantasy I, success. I am going to go Damian Williams because he had a 19 in limited work, and he's going to have much more involvement this week. So I'd like to, I, I think you're going to end up with over a 20, and with three Cohen, I think he's always a threat to go outside of 20, you know, because he's so athletic and so talented. But to your point, game flow. Ooh, pick your Patriot, Josh Gordon or Julian Edelman. Uh, if we're assuming PPR in this case, I'm going to go Julian Edelman. Yeah, I'm with you, Edelman. All right, choose one, James White, Damian Williams, Justin Jackson, or Jeff Wilson. Uh, Damian Williams. Damian Williams, again, not again throwing out Wilson because we don't know what Breed is going to do. Jackson, we're uncertain of his role. And James White, the steady decline since the uh, Rex. He had that 18, that fool's gold 18 in there. <laughs> right. That really throws a wrench in it. But other than that, yeah, the steady decline. All right, that is it. So there you go. Good luck to everybody. Hopefully you can get into your uh, fantasy championship. Let us know. We will be back to answer some title questions next week. That's Only right. two more weeks in the season. That's right. Title week, or if you played a week 17, I guess not. But we don't advertise that here. <laughs> we don't advertise that here. Exactly. You end your season we don't stand week for week 16. That. Get out of here with the week 17. Uh, we got to do it. Anyway. But good luck, everybody. Good luck. Until next week, keep up the nonsense. Have a week. Music for the Important Nonsense Podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere, Lame Genie, and Tri Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.